So friends, Mo is waking her way up here to read the scripture, but before she does, I'm just going to alert you to the fact that we have a number of different scripture readings this morning, selections from a number of different gospel texts in the books of Mark and Luke, and what I invite you to listen for is this repeated emphasis on the practice of retreat and rest, these core features of the Sabbath practice. So notice in these texts that even Jesus is one who continuously retreats and rests and regroups. So here's Mo. Good morning. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. This is from Mark. Two, despite Jesus' plea that his miracles be kept secret, the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. That's from Luke. Finally, Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. That's from Mark. Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the lake, and a large crowd followed from Galilee. That's Mark 2. Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him. Please join me in a spirit of prayer. Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. For you, O God, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So this morning's sermon is one that is practical. It is the nitty-gritty sermon about how we as 2019 Christians or Jesus followers can live out this really important part of our faith, this practice of Sabbath. So God set in motion this holy rhythm for our lives, a rhythm of work and of rest, six days to work and one day of rest, And scattered throughout our holy texts are these mentions of and these mandates to practice Sabbath. So there's this clear intention in our faith that we are not actually meant to be working all the time and doing all the time, all of the moments of our lives. We are crafted, in fact, to have these moments of slowing down, of reconnecting with ourselves and with God and with one another. And now, you may or may not know this, but when I read the profile for this church um, almost exactly a year ago in September, I saw in it that this church had a mission statement, and it was in bold right in the middle of that profile. And that mission statement is reach up, reach in, and reach out. So that means that this church, this congregation, prioritizes these three dimensions of relationships. Relationship with God, who we're reaching up to. Relationship with ourselves and our inner lives, this reaching in. And then this relationship to one another, this reaching out. 
And this mission statement has a lot to do with who we as a church are when we're doing things. But it also has a lot to do with who we might each be as a congregation practicing Sabbath. So to help us remember this mission statement of the church, will you recite it with me while we move our arms or our hands as able? So the mission statement is reach up, reach up, reach in, reach out. Let's do that again. You all look great. Reach up, reach in, reach out. That is a good mission statement and a good way, a good physical reminder of how we might practice doing, but also resting in Sabbath together. So you might want to consider this mission statement in your own cultivation of Sabbath practices. How can you, on your Sabbath, make sure that some part of it is about reaching up to God, that some part of it is about reaching into your inner self, and that some part of it is about reaching out to a friend or neighbor or stranger. So this morning I'm going to talk with you a bit about how you can make Sabbath actually happen in your life, that it's not this aspirational dream on Sunday mornings. For a lot of people, once Sabbath is on the schedule, though, the next problem occurs, which is, what do I do with that time? And if you don't have a plan for that time, it is really easy to let somebody else or some good errand steal that time. So one of the biggest things that gets in the way of Sabbath is the time itself and then what you do with it. So we're going to talk about how you make that time and then we're going to talk about what you do with it. So I hear constantly this phrase, I don't have the time for Sabbath. And while I get that, I completely empathize and I see people's busy schedules, I would offer also that you do not have the time not to practice Sabbath. Sabbath is our recharging time. It's what makes the other parts of our life possible at all. Practicing Sabbath is a way of knowing that we're in alignment with the Spirit. When you get into a real Sabbath rhythm, you are very likely to not know how you did live without it. And so to illustrate this, I will give you an image from my home life recently. About six weeks ago, Nicole and I purchased a Roomba for the very first time. And it is one, if you don't have one, you should get one. It's one of those robotic circular vacuum cleaners that that does all the work of vacuuming for us. And we just push this button and this noisy little robot sweeps up all of our floors and it even knows how not to fall down the stairs. And I am absolutely in love with this new addition to the household, it's incredible. And I feel like I have this tiniest glimpse of what it was like when my great grandmother first got a washing machine and all of a sudden didn't have to do all of that labor herself. I have the tiniest window into that. And here's the thing. This fabulous, functional, efficient little machine can only last so long. Its internal battery keeps it cleaning for about two and a half hours and then bam, it plays this really sad little song and it turns off. And that is not that much different than us. We can only be effective people in our working, in our playing, in our doing for so long before we might as well also play a sad little song and turn off. And so then I return this little machine to its charging station for a good long time before it's ready to work again. And this is how it is with so many of the machines in our lives, cell phones, laptops, all of these computers and more, 
they have to take time to charge in order to work. So if you can't justify Sabbath because you are a human being, not a human doing, if you can't justify it because you and everyone else is indeed worthy of rest and renewal, joy and play, think about how you are not that much different than a Roomba, a cell phone, or a laptop. You have a battery in some way that needs to be charged up in order to do its best work. Sabbath is a way to charge it up that is healthy and that is spirit aligned. And many who say that they're too busy to take Sabbath find themselves instead trying to cope with the demands of life in ways that are a lot less life-giving, through anger, through addiction, through disconnected ways of numbing our feelings. So you might want to view Sabbath as a holy invitation to get better at your work through becoming better at your rest. And so a practical tip, if you can't actually find a full day in your weekly calendar for Sabbath, start with just a few hours. Put it on your calendar as a date between you and God. Carve out the time and try not to reschedule or break it. For some people, Sabbath looks like just two uninterrupted holy hours where technology is put away and they simply commune in nature with a friend or their kid or their grandkid, and that works. That can be Sabbath. So do what's right and reasonable for you in this exact chapter of your life, but use that church mission statement as a guide. See if on your Sabbath you can reach up and reach in and reach out. And if you want to talk more about how to prioritize Sabbath, join us for our Monday morning beach walks where we can talk about that kind of thing or make an appointment to sit down with me. I would always love to talk about how you can incorporate Sabbath in your life more. So now the next question on many people's minds regarding Sabbath is this. Okay, so I've blocked out this time and now what do I do with it? And this is a deeply personal question because over time you'll discern what it is that's actually most life-giving for you. But to get you started, we can look at scripture. We can look at these scriptures that Mo read for us this morning because in these scriptures we see that Jesus himself regularly employs four distinct elements of rest, renewal, Sabbath time. In the gospel selections, these four features are this. Solitude. Silence, prayer, and nature. So let's talk about solitude. Solitude is often this introvert dream and this extrovert nightmare, but Jesus practiced solitude rather often in the scripture. There's something about this energetic resonance of being alone that forces a clarity of being that is different than when we are with others neuro-sinking ourselves in these beautiful ways, but ways that are sometimes very distracting. So I wonder, when was the last time that you practiced intentional solitude? And maybe solitude for you doesn't actually look like being completely alone. Perhaps it's being with a really small group of trusted friends. So what would that look like to be sure that there are these intentional moments of solitude in your Sabbath? Solitude doesn't actually have to be sitting alone on a mountaintop, although that is often the image that we might have in those moments. For me, the solitude that I practice in my Sabbath comes in the form of regularly taking myself out to lunch at this bagel place that only I know about, and then going to the movies by myself. And that eating and going to the movies by myself, that is solitude for me. So what might solitude look like for you? 
The second major feature of Jesus' retreating is silence. And this is something that was brought up to me this past week after worship, a desire for more silence in our life together and in worship. And this is such an important thing to bring up. Often the lack of silence in our lives is a result of all these competing interests in our lives and anxiety and all these external forces that are not of God. So I want you to think about it in this exact moment. When was the last time that you were in complete silence for a period? And what was that like? How did it feel? What thoughts started bubbling up for you? So now in this very moment, in the middle of worship, I'm going to invite us all to pause and we can practice this part of these four things that Jesus did. We can practice silence together. So I'm going to stop preaching, I'll stop talking, and you can close your eyes or not. You can be seated or standing, you can put your hands like this, you can put them like this. Let's practice what Jesus so often did and be silent. What does that feel like? That was 30 seconds. What would it feel like maybe to do a minute? Five minutes. What's it like to sit in that silence? For some people, I'm gonna guess some joy came up, some peace, some serenity, maybe some sleepiness. For others, there may have been more anxiety or sadness or discomfort in that silence. So what might it look like to become a little more comfortable with silence? Bring that into your Sabbath life more. So often it's in these times of silence that God can really get a word in. And so it can be helpful to clarify and practice and cultivate that silence in our lives. So the third element that Jesus often employs is prayer. And when we read of him going away from the group or retreating, it's often accompanied by prayer. And prayer is perhaps in our own lives what might separate a day off or a vacation day from an intentional time of Sabbath. Because prayer is this act of being aware of the Holy Spirit, being aware of God, and it's an invitation to God to be active in that space. So what does your prayer life look like on a Sabbath day? Prayer is really so different for each of us. Some of us really prefer the silent, head-bowed, prayer where your body is in this posture. Others of us come from a more evangelical tradition and this feels more comfortable. And both are good and right. Others of us find ourselves more drawn to physical prayer like walking a labyrinth. If you look at the cover of your bulletin, that's a labyrinth. And some of us may be most prayerful when we enter into a space like this, an ancient pattern that we can walk, inviting God into our life. And you might even choose to keep your bulletin this week because you can trace this labyrinth with your finger or a pencil and see how that might feel in your prayer life. So I invite you, as you think about how to cultivate Sabbath, 
Think about what kind of prayer is going to work best for you. So this final element that Jesus uses is nature. And living in this area, we are lucky because we have access to so much amazing nature all around us. And I remember in my first or second semester of seminary, I read this book that said that there was this broad survey about what people found to be their most spiritually connected environment. And it overwhelmingly came back as sitting or walking along a body of water. And it was interesting that along with that, a lot of people said sitting or walking along a body of water with a dog. And I think that that always comes back to me when I walk on the beaches. When I was walking with Mo and Olivia and a friend last Monday morning, I was thinking about how connected and grounding it is to be along a shoreline. And we have access to that. We have access to that. We can go over to 40 Steps, to Short Beach, to the wharf, and we can reconnect with God. The waters of the shore, like the waters of our baptisms, they remind us of these infinite truths, these transcendent truths of who we are and of who God is. So, week two of our Sabbath unit, and over the next couple of weeks, we're going to dive even further into some of what history and theology and modern day has to tell us about what we do on Sabbath what we do with self-care, what it means as a justice issue to believe that other people deserve rest and renewal as much as we do. And so as we recap, I'm going to invite you this week to think about the church's mission statement and how that might help you with your Sabbath crafting. Again, that's reach up, reach in, reach out. And I invite you to also think about these four elements that Jesus used a lot, solitude, silence, prayer, and nature. So as you go into this fall season, I wish you rest and renewal and reconnection and a regular practice of Sabbath in your lives. Amen.